The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. It is Nebraska Preps post game, and there is a lot happening. I get my main man, Jacob Padilla, for another week. And this time we are starting playoffs. Uh, it's it's that time of year. Hard to believe. We talked about this as a team when it was like week seven. And it came up again when it was week eight. And we for sure talked about it getting on the bus Friday. That before you know it, you blink and the season is over. And we didn't want to be one of those teams that's packing up equipment and or anything like that. And so we started having those conversations early. And here we are. And it is week nine. And it's it's over. <laughs> the regular season is over just like that. Yeah. And you kind of get to that point in the season where, like, the first half of the year, you're like, oh, there's plenty of season left. I'll be able to see this team and this team. I'll just wait and wait. And then once you pass that that halfway point, especially, like, in a nine-game season, you, you get to that that game five, game six. You're like, oh, geez, season's almost over. Like, uh, it just goes downhill in, in a hurry. Um, but here we are, the nine, well, I guess, ten weeks in the books with the week zero games. and. Uh, ready for the playoffs to start. Yeah, there is some very interesting seedings and an interesting last week that kind of flipped a lot of the seedings. When that's where like strength of schedule and wild card points and seeing things through to the end really, really matters. And there's nothing worse, in my opinion, in sports than having to quietly pay attention to what other teams are doing. Yeah. Right. Like you just it just doesn't seem like that should be part of the deal. But with wild card points and the way things work with tiers one, two and three, like it matters. Yeah. And uh, the old sports cliche coaches always say control. You can control. But uh, other things still matter. And you have to it's just kind of painful watching those things that you can't control, uh, knowing that they're going to determine your fate to a certain degree. But, um, yeah, that's why I mean, it, it Saw all, all the numbers crunchers on, on Friday night kind of scramble. And after a couple of those last results, uh, uh, turn things uh, around quite a bit for the last. Yes, like South Bell East yeah. proved to be big. Uh, there was one more. Was it Lincoln Southwest losing that? Uh, I th- they beat Miller North. Miller North yeah. turned out to be uh, fairly substantial. We didn't know if we were cheering for <laughs> or against Miller North, but we did know one thing. If Miller North won and got in, that would have been seven of the nine teams that we played on our schedule that were in the playoffs, which ultimately is still six out of nine. And when Miller North is the seventh team and they don't get in, you still know you're playing a good football team. That's one of the things that we felt good about all year was that we were going to, we had a pretty tough schedule. Well, and that's the reason you're the one seed despite uh, losses where you've had two really good teams that went undefeated in in Gretna and Elkhorn South as the two and the three comes down to those wild card points and the strength of schedule. Yeah, very, very. Did you get caught up in the calculations? Because they were minuscule between one, two, and three. I never do it. Uh, I'm like, 
I, occasionally I'll kind of peek at it, but it's like, I'll, I'll just react once we have them. I'll let the, all those other people do, do the work for me and then uh, cheat off of uh, people like the good people over at uh, uh, NEB preps and uh, our, our friend Faux Woodard. And I'll let all those guys. That Boy, have been doing he's this something for a while. else. He has got some, he's got some time on his hands <laughs> yeah. because he'll crunch them by the week. Yeah. And he'll give you he'll give you predictions, yeah. uh, you know, just basically uh, contingencies, if upsets like he, you could tell he's pretty well versed because uh, he's got a ton of time. And it's hard to believe when he's coaching a high school basketball team. <laughs> uh, as coach Woodard is that he has time to pay attention to football. Oh, he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. So I'm sure he's figured out a, a way to uh, for to optimize his time management. Yeah, for, for Woodard, the dean in that of the West <laughs> High School building, as we uh, we joke tongue in cheek. But so, any any surprises? No, I mean you look at kind of the top teams. Uh, Lincoln East uh, held Gretna to twenty eight points, um, but it was still a twenty eight six win. They couldn't couldn't quite find a way to to, to score. Um, Floor. Uh, obviously, um, we know Isaiah Weber's been out. They uh, Gretna ran the ball 18 times for 30 yards. Um, so credit to Lincoln East defense there. But Zane Flores, 31 for 47 for 388, 381 yards and three touchdowns. Had <laughs> a couple of 100-yard uh, receivers and Tyson Boganowski and Blake Moore, uh, who also had an interception on defense. And then Corver Demma kind of had the pick six to, to seal it there, plus three sacks, seven tackles. So um just all around solid performance by Gretna but um you gonna uh looking ahead like hopefully they can they're gonna need to get that running game going a little bit probably you don't want to ask uh, Flores to throw the ball 50 times every single like four straight weeks so two teams that can play in a similar manner especially um with ground and pound and and offensive and defensive line play. Is there anything that's intriguing about the 215 with Gretna and Lincoln Southeast for you? You've yeah. seen Lincoln Southeast. Yep. Um, I mean, Lincoln Southeast, I mean, they've got some some really good players for like typical 15 seed. Um, I think Butenbach had another um, big game this last yes, week, he did. 170 yards or something like that uh, on the ground. Um, so they've, they've got some difference-making players. Uh, obviously, got some young guys on defense in the trenches. Um, uh, but – I. Gretna, I, I think they're just so solid at this point. Um, I, I I don't know that uh, Southeast has quite enough firepower to to, to keep that close. Um, again, like Lincoln East did, did about as well as you could um, to to keep up with them and still lost uh, by three scores. So um, I I think in East is probably somewhat comparable to Southeast just based on results and how the season went. It's funny you bring that up because there's three district champs who have less than 42 wildcard points, which you don't see a, a ton, right? Millard South finished as the district champs with 40 wildcard points, but in their district is five and four Lincoln East, four and five Lincoln North Star, four and five Lincoln High, and one and eight Columbus. You jump down to district four. As tough as Creighton Prep's schedule was early, Right. We talked about like they could easily be one and two or one and three, and it wouldn't surprise anybody. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe prep. I, I, <laughs> I stand corrected. So they finished with 40.6. But in their district, Papio, four and five, Papiola Vista, who, in my opinion, is not a normal 16. 
two and seven Burke, three and six Benson, one and eight Central. It it really really hurts. And then you jump all the way down to the aforementioned Lincoln, another Lincoln school with Southeast and Southwest. Southwest finishes with forty one point two wild card points. Again, all relatively low considering. But you look at the district play, six and three Millard West. It's pretty good too. Uh, but then five and four Southeast, uh, four and five Millard North, three and six Bryan, two and seven South Sioux City. So it's really the it appears to be the the bottom of your of your district that can really swing things if you don't play a tough non-district schedule. Yeah. Uh, it's, again, when it's only a nine game season, yeah, each so game so carries right. that much more weight. And um, when you've only got a, a few non-district games in there, it's luck of the draw with, with your district. And um, you just got to hope some of the teams uh, that end up on there end up either living up to expectations or maybe being even better than you thought. And there are a lot of teams that just maybe that wasn't the case this year. Um, there are a lot of teams that are kind of uh, struggling a little bit this season. And a lot of them ended up in a few of the same districts. So we, we talked about Gretna, uh, the, the pass attempts, the balance. We wonder what's going to happen with their running back situation. How healthy will they be heading into this one as they open with Lincoln Southwest? Um, about what you thought for this Gretna team this year with with Flores and company, losing a great player like Roll, having some other guys have to step up. You lost, uh, you know, your running back situation will be interesting with Weber and what happens going forward there. But do you like this team's ability to having kind of the next man up mentality? Their culture reigns supreme. Definitely. And they've had a lot of guys um, that have stepped up and play. I mean, they've got they, – They've controlled a lot of games, so they've gotten a chance to get reps for a lot of guys. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, how many? We, we had a few games there where uh, Weber was on an absolute roll, um, multiple hundred yard games in a row, but they also had a few games, especially in the season, where you had a bunch of different guys, like three, four, five, six, seven different guys getting two, three, four, five carries in the backfield. Um, defensively, guys have been rotating in and out. So, um, the advantage of it on the it's kind of what uh, Elkhorn South has run into where they had so yeah. many blowouts in a row that their starters are playing uh, two quarters, um, if that. Um, so on the one hand, you're getting your backups a lot a lot of reps and, and a chance to build some depth. But on the other, um, you'd also like to be a little bit more well-tested. Like I was talking with Danny Noonan, and uh, he said like that Grand Island game, like Maverick was kind of winded there because it's just not used to playing very long because they've, they've taken care of business so early. Um, he's so honest. So, <laughs> so for like a, a sports dad who was really good at his craft too, he's about as grounded as they come when it comes to giving assessments, not only of his own kid and his own team, but across the Metro, man, you could, he's, I, I enjoy talking to him. I kind of was picking his brain for the last three or yeah. four years. And I, I really enjoy Noonan. Yeah. It's always fun running into those those kind of parents, uh, as opposed to some of the others out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, I mean, Julie, they're just—I mean, you could just tell good stock, right? Yeah. I mean, with Alec and Maverick, and and, and just yeah. the way that they approach it. And that that was a game that I went to on Friday. Obviously, we were kind of building up towards that Elkhorn South Omaha North game. Lost a lot of luster when North lost to like, Grand Island the week before, and then. Um, North just wasn't able to just so many things went wrong um, on both sides of the ball. They just, they had some stretches where you could see it. 
like uh, a third of Tayshawn Porter's carries went for double digit yards. Um, he still cracked a hundred yards. Um, they, they had like the, the, their one touchdown, beautiful throw from Serco um, to Trey Brown, who's obviously got some top end speed there going to Wayne state. Um, and there was one play where Serco uh, third and long got absolutely crushed, just threw it up. The defense defender went up and broke up a pass, but it was kind of 50, 50 ball. The receiver had a chance to go get it um, as he got like driven to the ground. Like it was a big time hit right in front of me and he gave the ball a chance. Like there were some stretches there where um, like you could see it, but then also obviously two, two bad interceptions um, only completed six of his 16 passes. So he was really, really good during the five or so games when he came back from the injury, but the competition, he didn't face a, a winning team during that stretch. So, so these last two weeks are the first time he's faced a real defense with talent. A, a, a game that we, we watched, we're kind of watching on huddle. Um, at 21, nothing when it goes at the half, what was kind of the vibe you got between the two teams? Cause I felt like the game was closer uh, than the score, but I'm not there. So I can't, I can't tell what the feel is. And there, there were a lot of penalties that kind of just disrupted the flow a little bit there. And, but yeah, you kind of felt like eh, it's 21, nothing, but North, they had some stretches there again, where they, they were getting um, a Porter of the ball and they were moving a little bit and, and then a hold or a penalty uh, staying over on the North sideline. And somebody said uh, uh, that it should, it, uh, it should be legal to, to hold Maverick Noonan because it's not fair otherwise. Uh, and he, he basically single-handedly disrupted one of their drives where drew a holding penalty and then got a sack on the next play. And suddenly it's third and forever and they got no shot. Um, and enough to discern as you're watching a game in the trenches between a Prohaska, a Noonan, uh, Sarius Henderson, Ryan Terry, or excuse me, Tyson Terry, uh, Ty Stewart, like clear advantage for Elkhorn South? Or did you think that some of those horses up front for North, like what's the difference in your opinion right now between like a, a Maverick Noonan and a Tyson Terry? Um uh, obviously different positions a little bit, uh, but um, yeah, both guys dabbling more into playing yeah. both ways. Yeah. Um, One's quite a bit older than the other. I will though, say, that's... yeah. Noah Bustard. Um, a great he, player. He had a great game. He's, and... he's there on my opinion. Yeah. He's their unsung hero. Yeah. He, he, he is way good. He was the one that delivered that, that crushing blow on Circo that I mentioned. Um, he also had a sack, um, heard his name a few times there. Tyler Stewart, he, he made a few plays. I heard his name as well. Um, uh, had had a, broken up a pass at the line, had uh, a couple of nice tackles or whatever. But um, yeah, just kind of the whole unit. Um, you, you didn't hear one splash play for, for Tyson Terry ended up, there was a penalty on the play. So like he, so uh Elkhorn or uh North stopped Elkhorn South in the goal uh in the red zone um on third down twice penalties both times mm. gave him another shot and, and then finally on the third down uh Carson Ronner took it in, in himself um that, that was a big play there because like if you get that stop hold them to a field goal there maybe something happens um maybe they go for it and you stop them like then you're feeling good about yourself you got a chance here um that uh they had those positive plays wiped away. I think that 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 really hurt, and then to give up the score. And then you said twenty-one nothing, and still like, well, this isn't isn't necessarily complete. Like if North can just get one play here, get get themselves going a little bit, cool. And then first play question. of the second half, eighty-four yards. Just his ability to to find the whole plant and go the breakaway speed, and then his balance. That's the thing. It's like, but 
It's his best attribute. Yeah. He's been that way his entire life <laughs> playing against him as, as a young kid. His balance is exceptional. And that run, like, so 84 yards, like, broke away from everybody. There's one defender, gives him um, just kind of slight hesitation, just enough to squeeze by him, and then tightrope the last 10 yards uh, up the sideline into the end zone without stepping out. Um, like, it was just a phenomenal run. And um man he is really good <laughs> and he is he, he was quiet handful. in the first half he only had like nine carries for 38 yards and then his next two carries were for 84 and a touchdown and i believe 45 and a touchdown uh so uh game over there um and he uh, congrats to cole bauer led this led class a in touchdowns uh with 31 um i believe uh it was between punts um reception i think he had uh, uh 33 sorry um, yeah, he, he added two more in this last one so he was at 31 but um two punt return touchdowns i believe four receiving touchdowns and then um the rest all on the ground uh 21 uh, 27 rushing touchdowns and again we talked about how little that he's been playing most games he's been done by halftime yeah. and even in this game he only took only carried the ball 12 times so you look at some of the other leading backs in the state um, he's got 30, 40, 50 carries less because of their schedule, the way he's played out and still led the state in, in, or led the class in touchdowns. But now the trade-off for being a three seed and, the, and they're at home until the semis potentially. So <clears throat> I don't think they're terribly upset about that, but the, and I don't want to speak for them, yeah. but the trade-off was their health. They're yeah. one of the few teams that has not really had to overcome a major injury. Yeah. Like some of the aforementioned top five teams in the state, they have made they have remained extremely healthy, which is always critical at this time of the year. Absolutely, and you look at it because they've got all their pieces. They've got a dynamic running back, Jackson Moore Swan can go up and like he that that first uh, the first touchdown he just torched the the guy off the line through him. Um, uh, nice throw from Ronner. Second one jump all he just went up and moss the kid like i thought it was going to be picked um and somehow like they both went down to the ground and jackson jumped up and tossed the ball to the refs like oh okay then um so like that's the guy like you look at it, his stats aren't i i popping the, this season because they don't have to throw it much because of how well they can run it and the the blowout situations or whatever but any given game he can go torch a db um like he that's a really nice weapon to have um so and then defense we talked about that front um and uh they 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 just so tough to 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 go against um like that's same thing with Gretna that defensive front in high school like if you've got a game wrecking defensive lineman up front in the middle especially with all the running offenses or whatever if you can't run then that that life gets really difficult for you and they, they've got the kind of line that can can make life really difficult for anyone they play one of the three thing one of the things that the three the top three seeds have in common uh is defensive line play with jq osler and and cam bell at west side you've got bustard prohaska uh obviously maverick noonan at, at elkhorn south and demon mason goldman and company at gretna the the, the d-line play is <laughs> it's it's at a high level for those three schools no doubt and that's why <laughs> they're the top three seeds uh you got really good quarterback play uh, you got great running backs and you got a, a fierce defensive front line. That is a winning recipe in, in football uh, at any level, but especially in high school. Now we've got business to take care of, but it's interesting that Gretna and Elkhorn South are on 
both sides of the ledger with Creighton Prep, who's built the same way on the bottom half uh, with Elkhorn South, Lincoln East, North Platte, and Creighton Prep, those bottom four, but a very dangerous seven seed in Bell West looming if they yeah. get past Papiola Vista South in a redo yeah. from a week ago that's, that's and playing, uh, getting getting the Gretna Lincoln Southeast winner. Yeah, and uh, Bellevue West won uh, 42-20. Pretty workmanlike. It was 28-10 at half, and they just kind of kept uh, kept creating a little bit more distance there. Um, they didn't not, – not a whole lot on the ground. Um, Geo Contreras didn't play. Um, they got Charlie Gwinner back, who got hurt in it's the big, season big opener. Big deal. Yeah, uh, that's like, from a collarbone. Happy for him um, that he was able to, um, to get back out there because the basically first play of your season to, to go down. Uh, that's brutal. So happy to see him back out there. But <laughs> don't think I'm not doing that. That, that math <laughs> that, that, in yeah. my head. Two weeks removed. Can <laughs> Westside hang on yeah. two more weeks? What a chance to get Caleb back. It's yeah. something we're chomping at the bit as he's now starting to condition. So that's it's encouraging. Yeah. But uh, Danny came on 19 for 29 for 357 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, he ran the ball five times for 25 yards. Which but is- yeah, he had the one crease. It was pretty nice too on the QB scamper. And I'm just, I'm just thinking if they add, that's when Coach Upman and that offense are at their best when yeah. they can then incorporate some sort of quarterback run game. Hey, we we talked about with Bell West kind of like week to week, it could be a different receiver. Well, how about 139 yards for each of Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris? Uh, yeah, the 80 yarder from Hall with the acceleration. Hall, Hall did that on three catches. Two of them were touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> um, McMorris eight catches, one touchdown. So again, uh, good after the catch. Yeah. He had the 67 yarder, which I think 60 of it was running. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And Devin Jones was back for Papio South, so it was good to see that. Uh, 29 carries, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but just didn't quite have enough to keep up with uh, with the Thunderbirds. But so if, if that holds true, yeah, we're looking at a rematch of that Gretna uh, W West game potentially in the second round. Which, uh, man, that's that, that, that's that's exciting to see. You guys, so that, that's a tough draw for those guys. You see, so Gretna could. Potentially get Bellevue West and then Elkhorn South. Uh, that 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 strength of schedule for you guys uh, certainly it paid uh, dividends. Yeah, no doubt. It uh, it, it paid dividends. Um, that that is an intriguing North Platte Creighton Prep two similar teams at this point based on what we've seen from Prep this season. Um, yeah, North North Platte we North Platte we got a chance to watch them again because they just played Papillion La Vista, who we opened with. So we're you know we're kind of going through that film and watching and. Yeah, prep has to be – I think that game's virtually a toss-up, even though it's a 6-11. Yeah. But you have to be very sound uh, in your run defense to play North Platte because Tilford really only needs a step, and the rest is history. So, yeah, uh, that was a 36-29 win for, for North Platte against the best of, So uh, the Monarchs uh, hung in there, but <laughs> – so 151 yards in score for Brock Robley, the, the kind of the power back in that option attack. 176 on just 16 carries for Tilford and three touchdowns, which uh, lose. Uh, Unfortunately, we've seen that firsthand. He also had 11 <laughs> tackles and three pass defenses. He had a 49-yard uh, punt return. So um, it just kind of another day at the office for, uh, he's, for that kid. He's so good. Yeah. I, I'm telling he arguably had run of the game and hit of the game when we played them in North Platte. He he sized up Anthony Rizek in the open field, which is, you know, 
That's not easy. It's hard to do. And not only did he get him to the ground, I mean, it was it was one of the better hits of the night. Tilford is a complete two way guy. But like you said, you've got to stay disciplined. Probably the difference in that game, sixty yard uh, passing touchdown to Landon O'Brien. So they'll they'll hammer you. They'll hammer you. You've got to stay disciplined on that back end, though, because you lose a guy, then that's like we, if they're we, getting. We, we gave up a third yeah. and eleven on their only completion of the game that kept that drive going. Yeah, because if you're giving up one uh, something like that, like that's stealing points for yeah. them because um, you know what they're going to do with that running attack. So you, you add them uh, uh, passing touchdown on top of that. That's tough to deal with. Payton Prestito, you guys are going to have uh, uh, really a, good a big, yeah, big, uh, big deal on your hands with that. 26 carries for 225 yards. I like both backs. touchdowns. <laughs> they're they're both pretty good and they're getting good quarterback play too which is a nice compliment to Ingerson. and that's the thing like uh pulling the vista they've been feisty all season they haven't been able to quite pull off the wins outside of that lincoln southwest game but um they're not a team that's been blowing out a, a ton this season either for for a team that finished below 500 so like you said they're a pretty live 16 seed um we we talked about that uh north Coming off that loss, Oakland South, they get a rematch with Grand Island two weeks after, um, and that that one's tough uh, tough to get a read on because Grand Island forced six turnovers in that game to win a close game. Yeah, Where, um, I don't think that happens again for North. But also, you look at the way that they've looked the last two weeks; they don't look like a confident football team. They don't look like a team that's um, playing their, their best football right now uh, after a long stretch against some of the the bottom teams in, in the state. Um, Let's see. Have they learned anything from these last two weeks? Can they, uh, especially with all the young guys they've got playing, yeah. have, have they been able to learn, all right, what went wrong here? Can we fix it now? That's the question for them heading into this game. Um, uh, the fourth, uh, the 4-13 there. Like, North, you've got a guy like Porter on that team. You've got some dynamic weapons on the outside. Like, that's not a typical 13 seed. Uh, but at the same time, they haven't been playing, I think, up to their their talent level the last two weeks uh, against some really good teams. So the question is, can they can they learn from that? Can they fix those mistakes? Because they've got the ability to certainly win that game. Before we move off of uh, that half of the bracket, Gretna Southeast, Bellevue West, Papio South, Oakland South versus Lincoln East, North Platte, Creighton Prep. Any upsets in your opinion in that one? If you want to call North Platte, Creighton Prep an upset, but is there a higher, a lower seed that you believe advances on, on that half of the bracket? That would be the one that I'm looking at, uh, and they're both both six and three. Um, again, similar teams, really run heavy teams. The question is uh, Marty Brown's health. Um, I, I feel good about Prep probably getting that one if Sharmar Brown can play, um, but tried to come back last yeah. week. Um, so I guess we'll see, right, Pending? Yeah. yeah. So that that's the question there. That that's the only one that I see. Um, cause I, I feel like Elkhorn South, uh, Bellevue West and Gretna, um, they've got the advantage in all the, all three of those, those games, uh, pretty handily. We haven't touched on obviously West Last side, um, uh, on the other side, um, I think probably a legit three, the one C, but probably the number three team heading into this one behind Gretna and Elkhorn South gets by, uh, Lincoln Northeast kind of, you know, business as usual, a little bit of a. Uh, a ho-hum I felt like I, I didn't love our energy but I felt like it's a tough spot to be in with, with the it is but we felt like we could potentially be playing for a one and the district championship which is always important so I mean but again proving kind of to be a second half team they we in in fantastic shape I think and we but we got to get off to better starts well, so 
Listen, it tells uh, kind of the standard that he holds his team to. They were up 49 nothing at half. They gave up 131 total yards in the game, won 63 to 7. I know it doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first couple three and outs, like it was just a little, we have got to start games better, right? We, how many times have well, we gone in at the half trailing? Well, that's what got you in trouble against Miller South. Yeah. Took that to overtime, falling behind 14 nothing. Got us against North Platte. Yeah. We had to come back from behind against Bellevue West. Like at, at some point, it's kind of, you got to have the rooster mentality. We, we, we got to get up early. Yeah. So mentioned Westside uh, Pavilion Vista, the, the 8 9. Uh, the other side uh, the, over there on that bracket is Lincoln Southwest against Millard West. I think two. Two pretty similar teams, teams that have kind of been in and out of the fringe back end of the top 10 all season long. Got some good wins, but also some like uh, what happened there games. Um, that, that, what are you looking forward to seeing in that one? Well, is Mr. Jackson over at Millard West, who isn't a secret to those, or Williams, I should say, Jackson, Jackson Williams, Williams yeah. isn't, you can isn't call him, you can call him Mr. Jackson, Jackson yeah. <laughs> isn't a secret to his opponents, but I think is a well-kept secret within the state can Southwest contain him because he on Friday night will be the most dynamic player on the field. And I'm not sure it's close. He is an absolute handful, both receiving and in special teams. Yeah. And Southwest earned that seed pulling off the, the win against North North and final record. Seven game. It was 28 all after three quarters. And then Southwest just controlled the fourth quarter, 14, nothing uh, to win that 42, 28. Um, Cal Newell, another hundred yard rushing game. Um, and we, we've talked about some of the best backs in the state. He's quietly been right up there in terms of the production that, that Completely he's agree. Uh, given them all season long. Seems like every game that I've seen, he's over a hundred yards. Uh, but, uh, Miller North, just the back end just did not hold up eight of 11 passing for Colin Friend for 250 yards and five touchdowns. He also ran a touchdown in. So six total touchdowns for their quarterback there on uh, just 22 touches. Uh, it's a pretty good uh, ratio there. Jack Batista, uh, four catches, 118 yards and three scores. And then Jackson Carpenter, three catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns. So really, they had two guys you had to guard and Miller North couldn't do it. Um, and how about this? Not as bad as running it right back like Papiola Vista South and yeah. Bellevue West, but Lincoln Southwest Gave up the 14 unanswered in the fourth to Millard West two weeks ago. Yeah. And that one, the folk, the Silverhawks feel got away from them as they lost 27, 23 in a game in which they led for three and a half quarters. They get a chance to run it back just two weeks later in a playoff opener. See, that, that's the thing. Like you, you look at the, the Bellevue West and Papua and the Vista South. That's, you don't like seeing back to back, uh, games back-to-back where it was kind of one team controlled it throughout like but games like this and the grand island north game where yeah. there's some revenge on the mind there you it's, it's recent but you had a week uh kind of go figure Just some things on out it. yeah um in close games competitive like those are probably those got a chance to be two of the best games uh, of the first round for sure slight uh, advantage to millard west it is the Jackson Williams factor, but that was a game early that Southwest controlled. They just had no answer for Jackson Williams late. We'll see who's learned their lesson. Can they neutralize Jackson Williams and can Southwest not get away from the game plan? Like what happened to him in the fourth quarter late then, two weeks ago. Then the last one on a, before we kind of speed through some of the others, uh, Carney against Millard South. That's an it's intriguing an one game. as well. Uh, Carney, Millard South, not typical 12 seed. No extremely dangerous and how about this 
two teams with head coaches that do a very good job understanding formation and how to get their guys the balls in space. They're very good at dialing up plays for their playmakers. Yeah. Uh, and Millard South closed out the regular season, 34-14 win against like an eye. Again, Camden Kozel doing most of the damage, accounted uh, for most of the yards, 202 yards passing, four touchdowns, 78 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Yeah, Lance Rucker and Brock Murtaugh making plays on both sides of the ball. And Murtaugh had an interception uh, and a receiving touchdown. Rucker had two touchdowns, um, two and a half tackles for loss. Um, so that's that, that, that pretty much that trio right there is going to determine how, 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 how far Millard South goes. And um, with, with Kozel at quarterback, um, they've got a chance to, to really pull off an upset here against a Carney team that's been solid all season long. Yeah. And uh, finished seven and two as the five seed coming in. That, I mean, no matter what happens moving forward, um, to if, put together the season that they did coming into the year, again, with agree. one varsity starter back, like one of the better, and he's fantastic, right? Coach Cool is yeah. pretty amazing. We we know this. He's played in multiple state championship games and has won one back in, I think it was 06, 07. Um, just status quo for, for the Bearcats. And how about the job Coach Wisdom has done reloading off a really, really good team. I mean, you don't just lose the guys that they lost a year ago and and plug and play. And now he had some key pieces coming back, but he's had some young guys really step up. Amari Jackson, Koziol has assumed the role after great quarterback play at that school the last six years. Yeah. <laughs> Urban, <laughs> and then, Stanger, and then and Stanger. Now yeah, like that school is just they 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 found a way. They're always close. Is, is this one of those years where you feel like you they could make a run? Now, they're going to have to find a way to run the ball better. I don't know if they can make a living in three-by-one and, you know, with quick game and and and, and hoping Amari Jackson can, can make plays. But Koziol is always going to give you a chance because he's played in a lot of big games, not always in football, but he you can tell he's a big-time competitor and the moment is never too big for him. I give the advantage there to Millard South just because of Cozio. I <clears throat> I would as well. Um, quickly turn the page, Class B. Um, last week of the regular season, favorites uh, took care of business like they have all season long. You saw some upsets uh, in, uh, I mean, it's eight, eight over seven and 10 over nine in the previous uh, coaches rankings there. So two really good games at the bottom of the rankings, but um, a whole lot, a whole lot to a whole little for, for the top half there. Um, and Elkhorn North, good 27-26 win over Blair um, to finish six and three. Blair finishes five and four. Um, that uh, that moved Elkhorn North, uh, and they got the nine seed there. Yeah, that how about that is a doozy Blair got with, the eleven with, with Pius and Elkhorn North. Yeah, I mean, just like you'd think an eight nine should be. Yeah, <laughs> that one's gonna be a good one. And and then York uh, pulled off the the wind o- over Grand Island Northwest, 24-21 uh, there um, with the uh, game-winning touchdown catch by Chase Wiegert with a minute 27 left. Um, GI Northwest had a chance for a 41-yard field goal at, at, uh, as time expired and couldn't get to go. Seeing Northwest as a 13 almost doesn't seem right, does it? It doesn't that seem like they've a had a weird season. Them? They've had a weird season, but they did finish four and five. Um, oh, that yeah, makes sense. <laughs> but they're, they they seem like they're a more dangerous team oh, than that. Definitely, they, they've got a quarterback that can light it up like they typically do, and got some good players there. But they just haven't. They've been in some tough matchups. They've faced some good teams. They just haven't found a way to win some games. Um, but Bennington, 
I mean, what can you say? They're they're obviously the one nine and zero, fifty two fourteen win over Elkhorn Mount Michael. Um, 178 yards for Nick Colbert on the ground. Uh, Trey Bird was really good again. Uh, they get Beatrice, the 16 seed, um, in the first round. And then the, the Pius, Elkhorn North, Elkhorn North is uh, winner. We'll, we'll be awaiting that one. Potentially, uh, do you like the – potentially, do you like Scott's Bluff and Scott in the second round or Elkhorn and Waverly, which seem like they always play meaningful games in the postseason? Yeah. Um, that would be the that's the four five and the three six. Yeah, so the four five. So um, Bennington moves on. They'll get the winner of that that Pius Elkhorn North, and then it'll be Waverly Elkhorn most likely if, if seedings hold the form there. Um, and again, that should be a great game there. Uh, we, we've seen both those teams have, have similar ish seasons. Uh, they've been not not quite hanging with the, those top teams, but they've firmly established themselves in that next tier um, throughout the season. Waverly coming off the not playing this past week because uh, of the schedule. Um, and Elkhorn 59, 19 went over Westview. So, um, neither one of those teams were, were tested here. The, the last game of the regular season, we'll see that, uh, GN Northwest, we talked about that they're a live 13 C they're capable, but they've got to show that they can actually go win a game more than just kind of, kind of scare you. Um, and Norris is a 12 seed for Waverly in the first round. Um, and, and then, uh, you mentioned Scott there at the six, uh, they, uh, they went, they, Played gross, 41-14. Um, it just seems like Scott, it just seems like they're a tier below um, the other, like the top five right now. Um, they've kind of showed, the, they put together some some strong play for a few weeks there to kind of establish themselves as that six. But then here, the last chance against uh, one of the top teams in the regular season, and it kind of went the same way that it had against the other top teams. Um, so Scott's got to show that they're uh, more capable than what they've shown uh, thus far. Haven't played Scott's Bluff. That's one of those top teams that they haven't played. I believe um, they played Bennington, Gross, and Elkhorn, right? Yeah. Um, or so um, we'll see. The Scott's Bluff is a three, like you said, eight and one. Only lost to, to North Platte in Class A. They get Plasmith in the first round, um, and uh, so and and then Scott gets Blair, uh, the 11 seed again. Who uh, we like the quarterback play there. Um, we like the start they got off to, but they finished five and four. Um, and losing that that one late to, to Elkhorn North, um, Josh Basilovic, 159 yards and four touchdowns passing, 166 yards on the ground. It's a one-man show out there for Elkhorn North, um, but but he's done it well. Um, the, uh, <clears throat> and, and then the, the bottom of that that bracket there is York as the, the seven seed against Seward. Um, and we talked about kind of the, the, the win and – um, thoughts out to Dalton Snodgrass, who got hurt uh, in yeah, the first half. He tweeted out that up. he was all good. I don't know what that means necessarily, but <laughs> yeah. for him to respond and reply back for folks wishing him well, he says, hey, I'm all good. And it was good to read regardless of the impact that he can have uh, coming up this week. Yeah, and credit to the Dukes for kind of bouncing back in that win and um, they'll get Seward in the first round and then Gross gets Elkhorn Mount Michael uh, as 15 seed. Um, so I, I don't see uh, – not sure I see any upsets there in the first round in B. I mean, that's kind of what we've seen all season long. Um, I'd probably take all the favorites there. That that Scott Blair is kind of the one intriguing one, um, just based on the way both those, neither one of those teams, I think, is playing their best football right now. Yeah. Uh, but one of them has to win. So that that's probably the one that I'm looking at. Otherwise, I I, uh, I think I'd take all the favorites, the upper seeds in, that, in, in Class B. Hey, let's jump down to C1 real quick, because yeah. I got to get your thoughts on, teams like Ashland Greenwood being a four and 
what you think potentially figure they'll light the scoreboard up, but a potential matchup in the second round for Ron Colley and Aurora, <laughs> right? Like that one to me is interesting because Ashton Greenwood beat Ron Colley in a, in a grudger 13, nine, you know, to, to close that one out. But do you, do you see anything there other than it seems weird to see Ashlyn Greenwood a four? Well, I mean, credit to McCook. They went out there and took care of business with their schedule, went nine and oh to, to, to steal that three seed. Obviously we know the top two are Aurora and Pierce. They've been that way all season long. Um, I think that's what was expected going into the season. So wire to wire one and two there. Um, so that really that third seed was probably the one that was up for grabs and credit to McCook for going out and earning it. Um, then went nine and oh, they passed the tests that, um, that came up on their schedule and they'll get the 14 seed broken bow in the first round. Um, he said, Ashton Greenwood, eight and one, uh, that, that one loss coming to, uh, number one there. So, uh, no shame in that. Uh, and, and they've got to have some confidence from playing Ron Kelly right. a couple weeks ago, uh, before they, you know, they hammered Concordia last week. And you got to think to yourself who, if you're McCook, Ashlyn Greenwood, or let's say potentially Ron Colley, who's dangerous. Who do you think has the most confidence if we take out what we've been saying all season long of this collision course, Pierce and Aurora? Uh, Scott, did you think McCook? I'm I'm sure. I think Ashton Greenwood probably feel like you look at Aurora's done this season. Ashton Greenwood, it was what 33, 14. Yeah. That's probably the closest game that, that Aurora has. I think it is 19. Long. I think it is. Um, so uh Obviously, if they if Ashton Greenwood wins uh, in the first, like they're going to have to run up against Aurora again to get out of their side of the bracket eventually. But um, I, I think they, they they feel good about where they are at this point heading into the postseason. Um, so they'll get Auburn, uh, the 13 seed in the first round, and then the five seed Boone Central and 12 seed Minden is the other game on that side. So that's uh, and then you mentioned Ron Colley as the eight seed. Um, they're playing Lincoln Christian the nine um, to 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 kind of go with Aurora, the one against SCOTUS, the 16. Um, so that's the top half of the bracket there. Um, McCook, uh, you mentioned they get broken bow in the, in the first round. Then Adam Central um, is the six seed going up against Platteview, uh, the 11. Um, Columbus Lakeview is the seven going up against Wahoo, the 10. And then Pierce, uh, the two, is going up against Central City, which um, they've got some pieces. That's, yeah, that uh, that's not a bad five and four team. But the potential of Pierce seed. and McCook is interesting to me if that – if that happens just because of the intrigue surrounding McCook. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at. See, I, I think like we've said all season long, um, Ashton Greenwood uh, is, is intriguing. McCook's had a great season, but man, there's just so much talent on those top two teams yeah. and you can't uh, tune what Carlos Colazzo does. He's averaging like over 11 yards a carry. So the a last carry. So the last time I, I, I remember uh, somebody being this dominant, carrying the football he got hurt but alex shada was or adam shada excuse me from miller north before he got hurt was playing quarterback and he was averaging over 10 yards of carry in that miller north offense and i'm just thinking to myself we, we don't poo poo that like when you when a team lines up and you know what they're doing and they can do it anyway <laughs> that is awful impressive because there's some good guys JP that aren't going for 10 per. Yeah. <laughs> I don't right? the, the the Cole Ballards, the Sharmar Browns. It's and we've talked about Oakhorn South schedule, and he's still not doing it. 
So I don't want to undersell that. That's a lot of YPCs. <laughs> it's, it's absurd what he's done this season. And then you've got the 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 uh, Abram Schulting, um, Ben Bramer uh, combination there for, for Pierce. So te- teams that do it different ways, but supreme talents there in Class C1. Anything that jumps out to you about uh, any of the the lower classes there? Uh, we, we met. We we previewed briefly the the, the eight man. Um, that started last week, probably the, the one big upset. There were, there were a few like seeding upsets there, but the one big one was cross County going down Yeah, and they got, they I, got jinxed handled. Yeah. I jinxed them. <laughs> I, I, I called them a good three, <laughs> a, a tough place to play. And of course, none of that turned out to be true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, North class St. Pat's is the one, uh, Laurel Concord Coleridge is the two um, in, in D2. Howells Dodge uh, made it through just fine. Uh, they're the one. Uh, Hitchcock County uh, is the two. Um, you, you got Ainsworth there as a seventh seed after nine and no season. Uh, Dangerous kid. Carter a Nelson. To look at Carter Nelson. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that kid is a freak athlete. Uh, coached against him basketball this summer. He, I think he only had two alley oops on us. That that was it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then also BDS is nine and zero, um, and I believe those are all the undefeated teams in D two, in D one. Stanton, the three seed, is nine and zero as well, um, uh, along with the, the top two seeds that I already mentioned. Um, so, and then last the class C two there, um, Hastings Saint Cecilia is a one seed, nine and zero. The two seed is Ord, who obviously we know has a lot, a lot of playoff experience the last few years here. Um, I believe they have the leading rusher yeah. in the state right now. Um, so there, that's that's a team that's going to be dangerous. Um, uh, the, the three seed is Norfolk Catholic. Again, another team that, that has a lot of playoff experience in recent years. And then Malcolm is nine and Oh two. And Hayden Frank has had a, a monster season. Yeah. Huge numbers. Hey, keep an eye. If you're looking at D two and you assume how Dodge house Dodge is going to be in the finals, keep an eye on why not good three experience, there, one. good experience. Some fellas back there are three. See what happens with Hitchcock County up there at the two, but keep an eye on why not which of course means that's the second three seed in as many weeks that I talked about <laughs> all bets are off <laughs> after the prediction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went a little long this week, but I think playoff time deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic recap. We'll, we'll, we'll be back next week to preview round number two. We'll see what happens. Don't you miss us. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm old DB. It's Nebraska preps post game. A Huda media production.